my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm off my game today. No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How okay. was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now. It, it really is. <laughs> What's up? I'm Laura Carrente. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back to Adlandia. The only thing separating me from the Jersey Shore right now. is this? And it's the only thing I would have came to Brooklyn for. Um, we have Cody Levine and Mike Tong coming into the studio. Two ex-agency young guns who have broken out to turn their passion into purpose, their side hustle into the main hustle. And I think they have a thing or two that they can really teach the agency about where we're missing the mark on creativity. Agency, brands... I think leadership. Yeah. Seriously. These guys have amazing one-liners. So with that, we'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. 
Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Cody Levine. Hi there. Hi, co-founder of Toothpaste Brand Twice. That's me. And the total Brooklyn artiste, Mike Tong, is in the building. Mike Tong is a marketing manager over at the Brooklyn Museum and also the founder of the Culture LP. Hello, hello. What's up? Both of you ex-agency people that Alexa and I have had the fortunate opportunity to have worked with in some capacity in our careers. And as young guns, if I may say this, under the age of 30. How yeah. old are you? Just call it out. I just turned 27. <laughs> 28. 
What? Yeah. And something happened for the both of you where you decided in the not too distant past that you were going to take your passions and turn them into your everyday work. Tong, talk about what that was like for you kind of stepping away from the traditional agency world where you had been somebody who's hot in the art scene out in Brooklyn and talk about your kind of diversion back into that via the Brooklyn Museum. Yeah, I mean, it's been, I guess it's been gradual the whole time. The two worlds have been colliding. They collide in the work too, right? You see it in the agency space. Like, let's do this art activation. Let's do yeah. this sort of street art um, kind of integration or whatever may have you. But um, for me, I had never stopped doing the cultural work. It was always a five to nine thing. But uh, it just got to the point where five to nine a.m. <laughs> the next day. <laughs> uh, to clarify. <laughs> just yeah. to clarify. But um, it just got to the point where it just made too much sense. And um, on a personal tip, you know, my father was an artist, and it just was like this is when I have to go full go and, and really lean in on, you know, the, the culture, right? And it's something that I think institutions like the Brooklyn Museum and other cultural institutions need, right? They, their new funding sources and things of that nature are these tech companies and these media platforms and everybody wants to show up cross screen and things of that nature, but they can't do it without actually understanding how these companies work. So it was kind of a perfect fit for me. They brought their agency services in house. So it was just, you know, kind of made sense. Yeah. It was so funny because I was talking to a group of CMOs and I said, do you, are you actually looking at your teams instead of, and we've talked about this on the show, like right. are you looking at your teams instead of resources actually as talent? And I used you mm. as an example. I was like, because if I need someone to think with me, really think with me and think about how people are going to show up, how they're going to interact and not showing up as a brand that's tone deaf, right. you need people like, Tong and Cody. Yeah, and coincidentally, both of you have been inspired by your dads. Cody, your father is a well-known dentist in New York City, and he inspired you and your brother to walk away from um, your nine-to-fives and chase down the opportunity to build your own DTC brand. Can you talk about Twice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, it was interesting. I always knew I wanted to start my own brand, but I didn't know what exactly it would be. And um, through some work I, we had been doing as a family, dad being a dentist, mom and dad building brands together uh, in the space of oral care, they started a nonprofit which was really set up to provide full service dentistry to underserved communities. And um, what happened was I go down with my brother and a group of dentists. Uh, we team up with a patient of my dad's who's Lenny Kravitz and you know, um, we, end up, we end up in he a He has Lutra. a beautiful mouth. He's got a great <laughs> smile. <laughs> Great he has smile. a beautiful mouth. Yeah, <laughs> smile's important for him. And uh, we go down there where he spends, you know, most of the year recording his music and he calls it home. And we set up a full service shop and um, we treated everyone from cleanings and whitenings to full extractions and, and reconstruction. And I think right then and there in that moment, my brother and I, we saw what the power of a smile was. And um, it, it opened my eyes and, and it gave me purpose to what I ultimately want to do, which is start a brand but one that has purpose behind it and and meaning and true depth and could give back so uh we you know after formulating over a year two years we go back down to eleuthera and we we decide to to each other we say let's do something about this we we got to do more we I, I don't think i can go back to my day job I, I can't go back to the desk i um let's go build uh, so we looked at the oral care space and and we ultimately ended up with twice which i could tell you a lot more about but um, it's a direct consumer brand in oral care. We're starting with toothpaste. We want to make the, the products that you use every single day, twice a day, to be um, as beautiful as a smile is. So, you know, it's something that I took the jump on back in September uh, to leave my job and say, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And I talked to a ton of friends that are entrepreneurs, and they said, 
you know, well, before I did it, I had milestones I wanted to hit, um, things I wanted to accomplish. For me, it was, um, I was still, you know, I was working and, and proud of work I was doing, but ultimately knew if I really wanted to do this, I had to dedicate everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, it was an incredible moment in time when I did that. Um, was it scary? In a bit, yeah, it was scary, but the adrenaline was just beyond. I actually, yeah, I, I quit on a Wednesday. On a Wednesday night, I, I actually was on a flight to go pitch the brand to a, a potential partner and, <laughs> and, a, and a co-founder of ours. So um, the rush was everything. Nervous, sure, every day. Your, your nervous energy, you turn into excitement, I think. There's a whole thing going on in the marketplace, which I know both of you know well, having worked with you, that your generation, our generation, the millennial generation, is one that is compelled to associate or align themselves with brands that identify with purpose. I would say respectively, both of the places you work for, with, or building Mm -hmm. um, resonate with that. Can you talk about, both as consumers and as entrepreneurs in your own right, what purpose means to you and how you see the intersection of those things translating from how you think about brands versus how you're creating them? Yeah, um, I think... I've always thought that people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Mm-hmm. And um, behind every product, you need to help consumers understand you know, how you relate to them on a personal level. And um, I think today more than ever, consumers are, I don't want to say they're skeptical, but you know, me and my friends, they, they need to know more. They need to see more. The world of transparency. Um, a brand like RX Bar completely shaking it up by saying, like, there's two eggs, an almond, and a date in No here. bullshit. Yeah, no BS. And yeah. I think... Um, in the world of brands that have social at the core or, or are, are driven by purpose, they, that's part of their DNA, and it's no longer just like a tack-on. Um, and you have to prove that day in and day out, and, and people have to really feel it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's interesting because the, the idea of culture is like super lucid, right? Like, it's everything that we do. Um, so I ended up building a business model kind of around just my lifestyle. I would like to go to art shows. I like supporting my friends. They needed help with MailChimp and social media and shit like that. And it just ended up turning into a service offering, which is like looking back at it now, I can't go to an art show and not think about work. So it's kind of it's uh, something I was tweeting about last night is like this blurred line between the two. But the idea of um, purpose is just something that's been at the core of on both sides, right? The museum is a place that, you know, uh, likes to think about the community and put the community first, whether it's through fir- free events or just bringing in different speakers to, to talk about things, whether it's the election, whether it's you know um, immigration rights, things of that nature. Um, so to be able to work at a space like that is super refreshing and rewarding. Um, and then for me, purposefully, I like to stay in Brooklyn. I like Brooklyn. We didn't get into Culture LP. We yeah. didn't get into the side hustle, main hustle. Yeah, so, um, so the Culture LP um, started as a blog about maybe six years ago. I was still in school. I really had some friends, like kind of similar to what we're talking about, this age of transparency. But I feel like Twitter was a place where people were just talking a lot of shit, having fun, getting attention for being funny, not really like anything of substance at that point. Um, I feel like I was one of them. And I was like, well, I have some friends doing some really creative things. I want to highlight them. I grabbed an SLR from, you know, the Bucknell Library and I videotaped a couple of my friends who had done some poetry on, you know, microaggressions and things that we were going through at Bucknell University, just being really white space in the middle of Pennsylvania. We're all kids from different cities, Boston, D.C., New York. Um, and I kind of just let them freestyle and, you know, did a spoken word video, put it on Vimeo. I was like, this is cool. 
made some t-shirts so i was like this is cool you know <laughs> like just kept going with that you know fast forward um i now work closely with a few visual artists who've done you know uh street murals for city bike in south africa uh patrick eugene uh just did a live art installation up in uh massachusetts at the Mead museum um these are all folks you know ronald draper just got um awarded uh urban public league you know naacp he's the curator at harlem hospital and these are guys that like we rented his first studio in harlem for 800 bucks to do a show and we had like 70 RSVPs and now we put out a show we had like 500 RSVPs in the first four days at the closing link you know and it's like but by just believing in these creators and, and, and being a partner to them someone who understands like the marketing frameworks and how brands think we're able to you know secure a sponsorship with Essential Water or you know any other partners that we've worked with Pat did a commission for Nike like things of that nature um, but the two worlds are just so parallel Brooklyn Museum is dying to play in that space, so it's really interesting. Well, I want to talk about that, but I want to first say the other day we were having lunch, and you said to me, and it was so simple, you were like, you know that friend that you had, or maybe you were this person, Mm -hmm. that you would call and say, what's going on this weekend? Oh, yeah, the hotline. Yeah, I haven't talked about that. Right? So the other thing, because you have like a million things, um, is this new service that you put mm-hmm. together. And I thought it was so smart because everyone has that friend or you're mm-hmm. that friend, which sometimes I becomes a burden. I think all of us in this room are that, are that friend. friend. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I feel like there was a there was a tipping point where somebody had texted me and asked me, you know, hey, I have some, my family's in town. What's going on? Is there an art show I should take them to? Is there a museum opening? And this is before I started working in a museum, probably before I started working uh, in any agency role. And I was like, fuck, I can't keep doing this every weekend, every day. Somebody's asking me this question. And uh, Ryan Leslie has a service called Superphone that's really made for musicians to like directly connect with their consumers, you know, off of social media. You can track Shopify integrations and who's spending the most money, what zip codes are supporting you. So we were using that right now, just texting people on a, like twice, two, three times a week, telling them art, food, music related events that are happening locally in New York. Um, it's great for us because for the past five years, we've been building these cultural experiences with people who, you know, are poets, are our event producers. So they're sending us events we're finding events in the wild but using that filter to disseminate through slack and and you know group think uh what we should send out and um it's been a it's been an interesting test run i'm definitely excited to see where we where we take it over the next few months especially with the summer coming up and it's called what are you calling it the culture hotline how do you sign up culturehotline.co or yeah. you can text i'll give you the number All yeah, right. I love it. you know it's interesting both of you watching your socials other than it making me completely exhausted i feel like a grandma <laughs> um, wait you just said watching your socials <laughs> we're watching your socials watching i saw his socials this weekend it yeah. was crazy that's not how um, any of this works <laughs> <laughs> um i thought i was busy so both of you obviously have super magnetic personalities you're building these insane communities in your respective circles how do you go out and seek the people that you're adding to your circles? And then how can brands infiltrate that? What is the value exchange that your circles are looking for? Yeah, um, it's interesting because, you know, when you're when you're on the agency side and you're, you're building other brands, you can go out and talk about it and you're proud of it and um, you see the work that you, you put out. But when it's your brand, it's your DNA, it's your life, your blood, sweat, and tears. Um, you know, I'm out there and I'm just naturally talking about what I'm doing. And, and, you know, when I, when I can speak to a friend or someone I just met and their eyes light up and they say, wow, this is really interesting. Like, how can I help? I think, um, when it comes from a real place of authenticity and and genuine, like, I think they can see the passion behind the entrepreneur and they say, wow, like this could be really cool. How can I help? Um, I was out in LA and I was, 
Um, I was with a friend who has an ice cream popsicle company, and he was doing a pop-up <laughs> in Outdoor Voices. They were doing a running club. And that's smart. And um, I come, uh, the, the runners come in, and we're handing out popsicles, and I'm just there kind of hanging out. And I start talking to a guy, and he's got a branding agency, and um, he he loved everything we're doing. He goes, I got to connect you to this guy and this guy and this person and this woman. And, and next thing I know, I'm in L.A. for three days, and I'm meeting a ton of people that, that um, I had never known, I never even known existed. But by the fact of... Um, you know, having conversation and not being nervous or, or scared to talk about what you're doing. Um, it opened up all these doors that my community is slowly building and building and building. And I, I don't know what it's going to look like in, in six months or a year, but I know that if I keep surrounding myself with the right people who believe in the mission and, and can see like, hey, this, you know, what, what is being built here is a little different. Or um, I know someone who can help. I think if we all just rally around that idea of uh, helping each other, and but being a part of something that a, a lot of shared value. Um, I think the community it just becomes incredibly powerful. So you're talking about people who are helping you build your business, but do you think everything you just said actually goes over to consumers and how you're going to interact with customers of Twice? Yeah, I think so. Um, and maybe I'm a naive entrepreneur, but I, I think when you can uh, build a brand that stands for something bigger than the product you make, um, they can see it. And I think, um, you know, you can talk to 10 people and and if only five of them believe in you, that's great. Go with the five. Quality over quality. Yeah, and, and leave the other five It's behind. interesting. We mm-hmm. had the founder of Away Suitcases on um, a couple episodes ago, and we were talking about founders living the brand out loud. And I think mm-hmm. you just gave the you definition just, like, of that You just, like, totally nodded to it, yeah. Tom, I'm usually how- wearing a twice hat, but... I know. You're wearing you a piece hat, but can I just say, you have a fucking twice. What are these things? Pop socket. Pop socket. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know what they were called. They're I know. Amazing. I can't believe you didn't bring us any merch. Think about community for me was like the first event that we did that was formal was literally called Connect the Dots. And I was like, I realized like people that are musicians and people that are like trying to do events for nonprofit, they need something. Like there's something missing, right? So I literally invited people that were, not I, myself and my uh, co-founders, we invited people that were working in either starting nonprofits or did like PR marketing or were musicians because they always needed performers, they always needed promotion. It was very interesting. It's a small brunch, maybe like 40 people. Um, and at that brunch were some people that I still keep in touch with that are movers and shakers. But that was one of our first organized events. And that that essence of like-minded individuals or like this idea of community, something you can't replicate. You can't go to a, you can't go to an agency, you can't go to a brand partner and say like, hey, we want to do this event and we need like people that fuck with each other to be there. <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, so like being able to over time, you know, put people in the same room that can have similar issues but have solutions and have different perspectives on those uh, on those problems is something that you can't really quantify. And that's I think what's been difficult and why I've kept it as a let's say a five to nine for so long is just it takes a while to show and prove what that what that value is. But um, now with the idea of like micro influencers, people are seeing that. That those are the those are the folks these people in Brooklyn and New York and uptown and Washington Heights and the Bronx these pockets of community that have been around forever but now with social media you're able to have a voice and a platform it's given a whole new value to like these underground communities what you just said Tong and something Alexa and I have brainstormed about for a very long time in terms of building community is you can't go and buy it overnight. It's something that takes earned. a long time to build. Yeah. I mean, that's why Red Bull's been so successful, yeah. right? They get in at the grassroots and they, yeah. they build but they these built communities it. and they fund yeah. these communities and they stick with them. Yeah, they stick, stick with them. them. What, stick with them. what should brands be doing for your very cool, hip, like culture driven communities? It, 
that you would find to be a tangible value exchange? I mean, really, they, they need to like get out of the office, right? Like I felt <laughs> like a lot of times uh, we're ideating and we're on whiteboards and we're doing things and it's like, yo, go talk to the people you want to talk to. <laughs> There's so many people that, uh, that are already doing these things. You need inf influencers to help you aggregate influence, right? If it's like, hey, I wanna, you know, I wanna talk to, um, I wanna talk to black women about hair. I can give you five communities that have blogs and Instagrams with double digit thousand followers that, and the women that run them probably work in corporate America. Like it's not, it's not this thing that's so far removed. You can sit down and have a conversation with people who are moving and shaking these communities. I think we treat it like it's this uh, far-fetched thing, you know, and I think just going out and touching people is something that it's hard to do when you have that kind of corporate structure role or that brand role. I met this woman named Sam. Hi, Sam. Shout out. I told you I'd shout you out at hey, the Sam. IAB. Say hi, Cody. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. <laughs> um, at the IAB uh, Women Visionary Summit, she came up to me and she was like, I love the show. It means a lot. And she started talking about like just how do you break because she's like I'm not leaving right this world I love this world I love the advertising marketing media world I'm not gonna leave it but like how do you start breaking through with some of these ideas and some of the thinking that I have coming from the outside on the inside how have you done that even in my early days at BBDO where I met Laura um, the brands that broke through became part of culture um, in a unique way, not by trying to force themselves in saying like, hey, I want to be in music, um, but on a ground level, trying to help build something new. Um, and when you're not the elephant in the room saying like, yeah, I'm here with the cool kids, it's, it's more of like, hey, how do we, how do we help you? Um, I remember Bacardi, you know, four or five years ago was getting into the music space and um, they were always around, how do I provide and create culture for emerging artists? And um, even, you know, artists themselves um, from a visual perspective, right? Like they were, they were allowing them opportunities to grow their personal brand. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it became an experience that you would, you would be a part of. But I think ultimately, if you were to ask one of the mu musicians or artists, say, is this helpful? Like they can, it can make a career, right? Mm -hmm. I think um, right. to create culture and, and to be a part of subcultures and communities means um, not trying to, you know, barge through the front door, but, but hanging out and like learning, right? Like stop talking and just listen. Um, and you'll figure out something really cool to do together. Yeah. You touched on something that's really important about like solving a need or providing access or a platform. Like you look at what Bacardi's done and then their partnership with Swizz and like mm -hmm. the Dean collection or Smirnoff and what they've done for, you know, women and, and trans women and in, in music and specific leaning in on that, right? Yeah. Like not yeah, trying to be, example. not trying to be everything for everyone in music or chasing an EDM trend, but it's like, who, who, who's not getting shown any love? Who deserves, you know, some, uh, a, a corporate stamp or to do a show for us in a brand. So it makes a lot of sense. What you, said. you guys are really young. I worked with you at GE and you had some of the best, bravest and loudest without screaming voices. <laughs> How do you come to the table with a client like a GE or a Picardi or uh, right? And be the young person in the room, man or woman, man or woman. Like what do what do you do to get those ideas across? Yeah, it's um, it's a good question. I think, from my experience, I was I was fortunate to be put in a room, um, you know, with the the bigger folks in the creative department and the account management teams, and and they looked at me and I was like the young millennial in the room, and they and they were trying to solve big problems of 
how big brands maintain relevance and, and create community within you know a younger demo and I I just talked about my experience yeah. um, and I I never overthought you know what I was saying I I really was just like hey guys like this is what's happening today it was everything was from my phone my world like projected out on the walls mm -hmm. and on the screens and at the end of the day it, it, it helped evolve creative work it it helped unique partnerships and I was super grateful and fortunate to be in those positions um, but ultimately it was just it was me mm. I didn't try to be anyone I wasn't like yeah. your brand yeah. yeah yeah I think that the it came up a couple of times with the idea of authenticity and then that's when people actually listen to you and care what you have to say if you're trying to fake the funk or pull you know pull inside <laughs> out of the sky and I think you know when people hear that in your voice right if you're talking about something you know about and not speaking about things you don't know about asking good questions when you ask those questions people realize you're you're coming to the table you know with with some sort of equity you're, you're not just trying to show out and be the loudest or smartest person in the room but just actually adding value what would your advice be to the c-suite listening to this conversation um, within agency world, within brand, within the publishers, media, just yeah, exactly. our industry at large, what would you say, um, now that you're on the outside of it, that you think you could kind of give as a feedback loop to help advance or progress um, what's currently going on for people your age in the agency right now? And also getting those ideas out. Because yeah. did, like, how many leaders yeah. sit and say, I want these ideas. Yeah, I want these yeah. ideas. Either they're sitting at the middle layer, right, of your organization and you don't even know it. Yeah. Or you've selected some like weird advisory group and right. made them think only in a certain way. On a brief. Mm -hmm. On a brief. Yeah. Right. yeah. I think outside of the brief and outside of the process, you have to enable, you know, the young kids in the agency um, to go outside of their daily job. Like, yeah. it's funny when I was when I was a BBDO, I wanted to do everything but my job. <laughs> I wanted to make weird partnerships happen and yeah. and pushing ideas that weren't you know traditional. Um, and when you also when you when you get when you attract yourself towards someone in the agency um, who's in a different position, I think I know mentorship platforms and programs are are in a lot of agencies, but um, a lot of the times people naturally you know link up with someone. And I was fortunate to have a mentor in in Simon Bond who was the CMO at the time and. Um, you know, he brought me along on on projects that were you know not the normal. Um, but I think if if big time leaders in those agencies have more of an open door, not that you know the the junior strategist is knocking on the door every twenty minutes because that's not going to get anything done. But um, you know they don't feel um, you know put aside if they had a great idea. Um, you know y you have to enable every idea. I remember I was at Live Nation and I had um, I had a thought for how Ticketmaster and Live Nation could sell each individual seat that goes unsold every night. Mm. Um, and I, I was maniacal about this idea. I was mm. like, well, there's like, there's 5,000 seats in every arena that goes unsold every night. Like we can, Live Nation could sell those and they could actually give them away to charity. I came up with a whole platform and at the end of the day, like um, you have to have, be enabled to thrive in any environment. Did they For, buy that? Um, Long story short, no. They actually integrated a new a new tech into their website that 
minimize the risk of individual seats being created. Mm. But every venue is so different and, and the seating mm. arrangements and how people are buying that it, it's inevitable. Mm. Um, I actually pitched it to a brand and I reskinned it into what I thought was an incredible idea. It was so cool. Um, <laughs> we could talk about that offline over tequila or something. But <laughs> we like um, the fee has gone up, right? So yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. We, we pitched it to uh, we pitched to a booze brand and, and they loved it. We actually had their um, their head of PR say like, "This is the ideas that we're looking for." She like slammed there her hands go. on the table. She was like, "This is fantastic." There you um, go. And it worked really well with their new campaign. Um, but at the end of the day. Um, you know, I, I remember leaving the room and someone on the team said, that's 90% impossible to do. And I said, well, well, that's still means it's 10% possible. Is it like giving your kid a yes day? Have you heard of this? Yes. Parents now are giving their kids yes days where Sounds they fantastic. literally don't say no to anything. My daughter, my husband and I would be like sitting on that the roof or something. Day. If we said, if we had a yes day, it'd be like terrifying. But like. Is this like giving your employees a yes day? Like, is this giving your middle management, like, a, you know what I mean? Like, let them go fucking do the moonshot. Even if it's not going to work, as long as it's logical, as long as it has purpose, as long as they're passionate, like, does that hurt? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I think it definitely opens the door to say, hey, we believe in your thinking. Yeah. Um, because it's it's very easy to get discouraged as a as a junior or, or a young person in the agency because hey like that's the cycle like you're you're there for a specific role that you know you're not at the level and the experience and the expertise to walk in the door and smash the meeting that's right, right. right. Yeah. Um, but if the right people are continually saying like yeah I, I, like, that. I like the way you think yeah. 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 My grandmother has this line, you're welcome every time, just not any time. <laughs> and I think there's That's, something yeah. really yeah. interesting about sort of the strategic use mm. case, like bring these ideas forward, but make sure that we're helping as seasoned veterans in the industry shape those ideas so that they can get across exactly. the table. Yeah. Yes. But but don't like the yes day should be every day as far as I'm the yes concerned. Day this should industry, be every day. Yeah. This industry needs a lot more yes days. Yes. I day agree. Should be every day. Tong, what do you think? I think the the magical thing that happened at the spoon is that um that that discovery fund that that was happening, right? Culture, Culture fund. fund. Yeah. Most people talk about stuff like that and don't actually let it happen. But to what you said is stepping away from your day to day. I think every review I've ever had since I started working is like He's great, but he always wants to do this other stuff. <laughs> and it's like now. I think okay. that's a lot of people. The yeah. interesting yeah. thing is, what, is that positioned as a negative? Yes. yes, it is. Exactly. And it's like, but now, you know, now you get paid to do the other stuff. Right. And it's so it's really interesting. Mm. But I think the um, the aspect of being able to travel or support, you know, putting put, kind of putting your money where your mouth is as a company, an agency, a firm, whatever it is to, to let people go explore. Because what you said earlier about if you're passionate, if you're responsible, if, if you're diligent, you don't hire people that aren't those things. Right. So let them go take a trip. Let yeah, them bring your whole br- self to the yeah. table. So what is the and, culture? And bring back some insight. I agree. What is the culture fund? Yeah. So Giant Spoon, the culture fund is this idea that um, every person in the organization gets a stipend to basically go out and explore the thing that they're passionate about so long as they come back to the table and educate everybody in the agency about what that thing is. And And what do people do? Like I used it to go to LA for, it was a great time to actually go because it was uh, the Dwell Design Festival as well as BET Awards Weekend, right? And at the time I had my friend uh, Jason Mowat who has uh, Trap Karaoke early stages of trap karaoke which is now ridiculous uh <laughs> it's spon- hbo you got see and i presented it crazy i presented it and it was like a very much smaller thing at the time and now he has an apple one deal he has you know it's ridiculous but when it comes to like exploring new experiences or places or recess 
um, it brings new creative energy without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get so much inspiration for traveling and, and seeing new cultures and learning about trap karaoke or like fight ball or this new underground boxing like fight club. No, it's kind of like don't Fight talk Club. About it's called, Fight Club. Yeah. yeah. Rule number uh, one. Rule number one. A couple of friends over at Map Projects, they just had their first, like, Fight Night. It was, I think, it, yeah, it's called Fight Night. It's, you should check it out. And it's, like, all these amazing new subcultures and experiences that I'm telling you will spark new ideas for big brands. Well, yeah. you guys, you, I mean, you guys just, I see it. Like, when you guys come to the table and you get to bring your whole self, the level of creative energy and ideas that come out of that is tenfold. It's tenfold. When you're not structured in a brief... Uh-huh. It is amazing the power of what creativity will unlock. I also think when you are structured in a brief, when you're thinking a certain way because you're allowed, right? You're allowed and you've allowed yourself right. to think in that way. The That's other a great example. Right? The other day we were talking to someone, Laura and I were at dinner, and I was like, well, let's be clear. Walls don't exist, right? We've, we've created walls, right. and we've mm-hmm. created them now in institutions. We've created them in giant holding companies. All of this, I think goes to the fact that you guys have allowed yourself to think in different ways. And so even if you're giving given something that's structured, the way you see it is different. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. There's a, what's the quote is like, uh, write drunk, edit sober. And I feel like that's- <laughs> I of, love that. That's, I kinda, that's, that's the name of the my, title. That's, that's, the name that's of the what show. I've been searching for all this time. <laughs> 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 Bio, Bio. Laura Carretti. That will Take now actually become my new Instagram bio. <laughs> and it's but it makes sense right what you're talking about is you know having this recess time having this you know uh kind of parlor room style brainstorm situation and then you go back and look at a brief and actually come up with structured ideas so yeah I love so that. just curious before we play our favorite kill by diy with you guys what is the campaign or ad or brand or something in market right now about our industry that you're like they yes. got it like that they- that's what needs there needs to be more of that hmm I'm going to just say my own thing. I would say it's the partnership that we did with Spotify around the David Bowie's um, exhibition it at the Brooklyn Museum. It was fucking beautiful. They, uh, they, we did, you know, shout out to Spotify and their creative team. It's ridiculous. But um, five different, you know, MetroCard uh, applications from different phases of Bowie's existence or his many existences, let's call it. And they were only available at the Broadway Lafayette stop. He lived a couple of blocks away from there. They did a out-of-home takeover for a few weeks prior and then wrapped the whole station in original photography of Bowie from these different eras. And um, and obviously we, we augmented that with our own paid media, but them as a partner is just ridiculous, you know, and, ch- you know, they got ad week, we've got fast co write-ups on it. And it, it just made sense. Like people were waiting. I saw it everywhere on, on it's on eBay. It was on eBay within hours of being the up, Metro card. Yeah. The Metro cards up on eBay. My girlfriend's dad's like, where's my Metro card? Every day I come <laughs> over there. He's like, where's my Metro card? So that lets me know it works. Cause but you created that link. You created yeah. that partnership between the Brooklyn museum and Spotify. Right. 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 It just made sense. That, well, that's the whole thing, right? And you the, know like how the to magic, operate. the magic is also in the logic, right? Right. right. The magic is in the logic. Like and Comscore when it's didn't tell you to do no. that partnership. It was like David Bowie, music icon. Where do people listen to music? Like, it's, but, and then it's how, like but then how you guys brought it to life yeah. together yeah. was genius. And the for, cultural it, insight I said, of Broadway Lafayette. Yeah. My answer, I think, is a little different because I think for the last year and a half, I've been, I haven't been looking up at out of homes um i think my world has completely changed the people i follow on instagram it's so funny i have conversations with with girlfriends of mine they're like why do you know so much about beauty brands like (laughs) i follow every beauty brand under the sun because i want oral care to be a beauty category 
Um, and I think when I look at what brands are doing an amazing job in building community and culture, like I'm not looking at at home, like maybe once in a blue moon, it'll strike me. But I look at what Mariana Hewitt's doing with Summer Friday. Yeah. Um, she created um, a mask that's called the jet lag mask and it's a face moisturizer and it comes in it's one product and one tube. It's got a cool blue color. And if you check out their Instagram, you see how overnight they created a cult community. I mean, Mariana Hewitt, she's a huge blogger, very influential. And, you know, when it comes to beauty products, she's a absolute like she just gets it. Um, but everything they do day in and day out, like I want to use this product every day. Like mm -hmm. I want to be part of this community that like, sure, they 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 epitomize such a specific person. And I think it's every, you know, hustling millennial today it's like you're always on the road like jet lag is every day but i don't really care if i'm jet lag so i'm still gonna go crush this day yeah. and like they they, they created this whole world that like you just want to fall into so kill by diy you guys know we do this right tell me more okay so what would you kill it's like kill fuck mary mm -hmm. what would you kill what kill would you buy DIY. what would you do Are yourself you offering up brands no nope. no you pick you pick and you cannot use twice <laughs> let's kill pre-roll ads on youtube Okay, okay. Wow. done. All right, what are you killing? I would kill overspending on direct consumer marketing. Mm. I think I see Away Luggage and I see Raiden, right? Like both have competitive products. They both market the hell out of their brand, but one has created an incredible community that is taking them above the rest. And um, I just, I, I heard that, you know, Away is killing it and Raiden, despite the facade, might, you know, they're not doing too well financially. So I think. Um, there's a there's a facade created around brands that throw money in subway ads and mm -hmm. and traditional at a home as like hey I'm the new direct consumer brand of XYZ and you know I'm building a brand in that space of direct consumer but I I want to do it organically and I don't want to overspend on traditional world of marketing as a new brand so I would kill that I love it okay what are you buying what are you buying I would buy the organic foods category. I think I, I see like, like the whole thing. Yeah, I'm I'm gung ho <laughs> on it all. I see. Um, what's the company that sends you the the cans of, of um, Daily Harvest? Mm. Like Daily Harvest has made it so easy to be healthy, and I think it's a beautiful thing. As an entrepreneur or as a young person in the city, like hustling their way, like eating healthy is important. You know, right? like I think mind, body, soul, everything works together when you feel good, and like those brands, I think. I, I look to to say like, hey, they're going to help you as a person. Um, and maybe that gets back to like a purpose driven brand. Yeah, I'm buying everyone tickets to Rockaway Beach to go do silent retreats. Hell yes, <laughs> I'm, in. I'm in 100 percent. It's, it's actually pay what you wish. So, you know, I don't even have to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tong. That's a great gift. <laughs> what are you doing yourself other than the amazing than businesses you're yeah. building? Yeah. Um. This is one of my biggest pet peeves. It's not like a brand or a thing, but um, traveling, right? TSA pre-check is a great thing. I don't have it. You're gonna do clear? I have to, and but every time I like, I f totally forget, and it's a whole pain. Is there like a a watch like rental company thing that's going on? Like, cause I like wearing watches, but I don't like buying watches. Like, could I just pay a subscription fee and get a dope watch like every three weeks? I would put money that that exists. Yeah, right. I haven't seen it, and that's well, something if it's I not, would I do it myself. <laughs> it's we should do great. one between friends. You could share yeah, each it's other's just like watches. Yeah, real, real around. I think we just created. Let's something. create something. All right, cut that one. I love it. <laughs> that's perfect. Guys, if people want to talk to you, get inspiration from you, how can they get in touch with you? Um, Cody at smiletwice.com is my email. Um, 
I'm also Levici on Instagram, L-E-V-I-C-I-I. Oh, man, rest That's, in peace. Uh, You'll see the best overalls at Burning Man <laughs> by far. That's what I wanted to use my culture fund on, by the way. Burning overalls? Man. That didn't no. work. Burning overalls. Man? Overalls. Overalls? <laughs> 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 Burning Man. Burning Man. You can find me at uh, Mikey718 underscore or the culture LP. And all things. What's the stuff. text number for? Uh, the text number is uh, 347 690 Seven six seven seven. So you want to get down with cool things that are happening yeah. that you don't know about? Text yeah. in Brooklyn, in New York, in New York, oh, in, New York. Yeah. Okay. in New York. I mean, a lot of them are in Brooklyn because Brooklyn's where cool stuff happens. But yeah, as somebody who's from Jersey, <laughs> I beg to differ. So, <laughs> Cody guys. Levine, we love you. Mike Tong, we love you. Love you Thank more. you for Thank coming you so in. Much. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. Those guys. I mean, the energy is insane. I just love what they're doing, the kind of risk that they've gone out to live their true selves and chase their passions and turn it into their purpose. And it just, it's unbelievable. One of the things that when we were talking about having these guys on, we were like, who represents everyone that can go out and do this? Right? You are special. These guys are special. But like, also, there are a million Mike Tongs and Cody Levines out there who are sitting at their desk going, I want to work on everything but, but this. this. Yeah. Right? I thought that line was great. I thought it was so good. So big inspiration and big inspiration for us. Because we're definitely not under 30 anymore. <laughs> big thanks to our friends and family at Panoply. Andy Bowers. Matt Turk. And Jacob Weisberg. We'll be back in two weeks. Happy summer, everyone. disclosure, our opinions are our own.